Aren't you so glad that God is in the room with you right now? God, we thank you that you are in this place. God, I'm thankful that you entered into this place years ago. I'm thankful that you are still in this place. Why don't you do that right where you are right now? Why don't you say thank you, God, that you are in this place. Even if we aren't joining together corporately in person for worship, God is still in this place. God is still in the room with you right now. God is still right where you are. That's the mystery of the presence of God is that he is everywhere all the time and that God can reach you right where you're at. And so we're thankful for that today, God. We're thankful that you're moving in these moments. We're thankful that you are here right now. God, I'm thankful for those that are joining in and I ask a blessing upon those that are here in these moments. We know that we are getting ready to receive a great word together. And so God, I ask for a great soil that is getting ready to receive this. We know that great harvest is getting ready to come from this word, this message that is about to come forth. We're thankful for it, God. In your name, amen. Hey, if you're here and you joined in late in service, I wanna encourage you to pull out your phone if you have it right now with you. Make sure that you check in through the Cornerstone app. It's a great way to ensure that you're letting us know that you're here. If you haven't yet, make sure that you're sharing this stream on whatever, whatever platform it is that you're on right now. If you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, make sure that you let no, someone know that you're here. Drop it in the comments right where you're joining from today because I believe that God has something for you. I believe that we all have spheres of influence and that this message is not just for you, this message is potentially for someone that is in your sphere of influence. And so you have the ability to ensure that Jesus is declared over their lives today as well. Tag someone, put it in the comments, make sure that they are getting ready to experience what God is doing in these moments. We have something that is so great that is getting ready to happen, and that is that each of our campus leaders is getting ready to bring a great word. We have this scripture from Isaiah 61 that I'm gonna read through right now in this moment, and then each one of our campus leaders is gonna take a few moments and share from their heart about each portion of this scripture. And so you can see it on the screen right now, and I wanna encourage you to make sure that you're not just hearing this, that you are also reading along with me in this moment. So this is a great way for you to ensure that this scripture is getting on the inside of you. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you're reading along right here. We're reading from Isaiah 61, starting in verse one. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Point to yourself right now. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison, those who are bound. God, we're thankful for what you're getting ready to do in this place. Cornerstone Church, I wanna encourage you to prepare your hearts. You're getting ready to hear from our downtown campus pastor, Scott Easter. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I love good news. You love good news. Everybody loves good news. In fact, everything about Jesus is good news. When Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds and they were fearful. And what was the message? Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Well, about 30 years later, when Jesus was starting his public ministry, he made his way to Nazareth, his hometown, and he went to the synagogue as was his custom. And I just wanna encourage you and thank you for being with us today. It's a good custom, it's a good habit to be in, to make worship a, a, an important part of your week. Jesus is handed the scroll. It's the scroll of Isaiah and he unrolls it and he finds a scripture that Pastor Phil read for us today. It's Isaiah 61 and Jesus begins to proclaim, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news or proclaim or bring good news to the poor. He finishes that section of scripture and then he takes a seat 
all eyes are upon him and he speaks these words. This message is, is fulfilled today. He's declaring himself as the Messiah, the one who would come and bring good news. He specifically says in Isaiah 61 that it's good news for the poor. All of us need good news, but when you think about the poor, they especially need good news. The poor, generally speaking, especially in our society, have very little influence. There's very little political influence for the poor. There's very little cultural influence for the poor. I'm gonna date myself for a minute, but there used to be a television program, a show that, that was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. We tuned in to see how the extremely wealthy people would live. You wouldn't see a, a, a television program that, that was not about lifestyles of the rich and famous. You wouldn't see something about the poor and the unknown because the poor in our society have very little cultural influence. They also have very little economic influence. The reason that there's so, such limited influence among the poor is because they're lacking some key things, lacking resources and lacking relationships. We've all heard the phrase that it doesn't matter what you know, it matters who you know. And there's a lot of truth to that. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I'm bringing you good news. I'm bringing good news to the poor. And the good news that I have for you is that your long-term benefits and your status in the kingdom that I'm ushering in doesn't have anything to do with your political influence. It doesn't have anything to do with your cultural or economic influence. It doesn't have anything to do really with your resources because I'm bringing all the resources that you need. Jesus is come to us so that we might have right relationship with God the Father. And the beautiful thing about what makes it good news for the poor, it's actually good news for everybody. But the best news is that it's free. Salvation is free because Jesus paid the ultimate price with the sacrifice of himself for us so that we might be blessed. And in exchange for the, the things that the world holds as important, like influence in those arenas, Jesus says, my kingdom is about righteousness. My kingdom is about peace. My kingdom is about joy, and you can have all of those things. A little bit later in the same chapter of Isaiah chapter 61, uh, the prophet declares that people will know that you are blessed. And I wanna tell you today, if you receive the free gift of salvation that God has made available to us through Jesus Christ, you in fact are blessed. You have every resource you need. You have the most important relationship that you need. And by the grace of God, we'll continue to walk in the freedom that he provides, being thankful that not only have we received the good news, but we now have the privilege of sharing that good news with others. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You wanna know some more good news? That he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. When you examine this uh, portion of the text, and when you study it amongst all the English translations, you know, when you um, study the Bible, different words uh, may vary amongst the translations, but this particular piece of the text is consistent amongst every trans English translation. He came, to, he, he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Just like Pastor Scott mentioned, uh, Jesus in Luke 4, I have to mention Jesus in Luke 4 as well, because Jesus pick, picks up the scroll, he reads Isaiah 61 and 1. When you, when, when you study the text, broken hearted, right? Broken in the Hebrew means to shatter into pieces. But Jesus in Luke 4, it means, a little, it means something a little different. It means to destroy or grind to dust. And you wanna know some really good news? It doesn't 
matter what came to break your heart. It doesn't matter what came to destroy you. It doesn't matter what came to, to, to do you bad, but Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. That's the good news that Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. I love what also Isaiah says in Isaiah 53 when he says, and he was uh, wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. This is the reason why you need to give God a praise right there in your living room because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it sounds like. Doesn't matter the bad news that you got. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And this is what the good news is. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. The spirit of the living God is upon us to proclaim liberty to the captives. I don't know about you, but I know what it feels like to be held captive by different sins, different addictions, different problems in life to where I feel absolutely incapable of setting myself free on my own power. And this word liberty is so powerful and life-changing because it takes us back to Leviticus 25 verse 10, where the Lord is declaring a year of jubilee. It is a year of freedom. It is a year of rest. It's a year of restoration. It's a year where all debt is clear. And it's a year where all slaves or servants would be set free from their bondage and sent home. It was a year to set everything at zero. And it was a year that was good that the Lord set in place to set the captives free. And it's powerful to know this because Isaiah is uh, quoting this scripture because he's letting us know that Jesus is our Jubilee. Jesus is our year of rest. He is our restoration. He is the one who cancels and pays all the fines and all the debts that we can't pay. And he is the one that is going to set us free from life, from a life of sin and bondage. I know that God is working on the inside of your heart right now and that he is letting you know that he is the one and the only one that can set you free from that particular thing that he's been working on your heart with. And why not make today, the 4th of July, the day of freedom to step into that freedom and to walk into that freedom. That word rest is so powerful because it's an entire year of rest. The pandemic was a year of crazy chaos, but imagine that year completely relaxed and full of joy. The restoration is so powerful because the reason why they had to rest is because the ground was so overused and overworked, there was no nutrients in the soil. So every seed that you tried to plant couldn't grow because there was nothing in it. And Jesus is here to renew your work. He's here to renew your, your, your trials. He's, re he's here to renew your energy. The, the debt being paid is so powerful as well because we can see that if, if you were to owe a debt that you can't pay, well, there's nothing you can do except that debt just accumulates and accumulates. But Jesus is here to take on that burden, to take on that sin, to take on that shame, to take on the things that we can't do for ourselves, and he's here to pay it, and he's already paid it. And then lastly, Jesus is the one that sets the slave or the servant free. And this is important to know because back in that time when you couldn't pay 
uh, a debt or if you couldn't pay anything and if you didn't have any money, then you would give yourself up to work for that so that way you could pay that off in advance. It's like going into a restaurant and you don't have the ability to pay the bill, so you go back and wash the dishes until your fine's paid. And so that's what Jesus did for us so that we can be set free. We no longer are a slave to the sin or anything like that. We are set free in Christ. And that the concept of the captive here is powerful because imagine an American soldier going over to any sort of country that you could name and they take him and they hold him down and he does, he's not allowed to move freely. Well, he is a citizen of another country, but he is held up and doesn't have the same thing in this particular area that he's held up in. And that's kind of what it's like with Jesus taking our place as the captive, setting us free so we can go back into the land that we belong to. And that is uh, the, the royal priesthood, the family of Christ. And so he is here to preach that the liberty is for all captives, that liberty and freedom is ready for anybody who is held down, for anybody who is depressed or, or feels like there is a setback or feels like there is an addiction that they can't overcome. He is the liberty that he is going to bring to your situation in your captivity. The last portion of this scripture that we're going to look at today is the opening of the prison, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. It says in the Amplified Version, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And so we are looking here at this scripture. How many times and how many places in our lives do we feel like we are bound, like we are in our own prison? You might feel in a prison uh, physically. You might feel like you're in a prison mentally or emotionally, maybe financially or even relationally. But Jesus came and died for us that we could have freedom, spirit, soul, and body. I love that David said, set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. You see, even David felt like he was in a prison at times. Perhaps you've heard the story about how they would train an elephant for the circus. They would take this baby elephant and they would tie a rope around his ankle and they would attach it to a peg that's in the ground. That peg would be attached to a cement uh, pillar that goes down into the ground. So every time that baby elephant tried to pull away, it would find itself stuck. It would find itself bound. It would find itself hindered. And so every time that it would try to do this, every time that it would try to move, it would not be able to move. As that elephant would grow up, a male elephant is 4,000 to 14,000 pounds. But because it had been conditioned in its mind, every time that they attached that rope to its leg, it wouldn't even try to move. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So many times we are in a prison of limiting beliefs. And Jesus came to set us free from every limiting belief that would keep us from being who he has called us to be. You know, the apostles in Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that they were put into the prison and then the angel was sent to open the prison door. But you know what? 
The angel opened the door, but the apostles had to walk out of the prison. And Jesus has opened the prison door for us. He's set the captives free. He's opened the prison door of whatever you might be facing today. But he's saying, you are the one who has to walk out. You are the one who has to change the way that you talk and the things that you do. I love that in Matthew 11, he told us, you have got to speak to this thing. You have got to speak to your mountain. If you will speak to your mountain, it did not say, ask God to speak to your mountain. It said, you speak to your mountain. So I just want to remind you today that Jesus has already opened the prison door. I don't care what it is that you're facing today. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in a prison of comfort. We think of all these other things as a prison, but we can even be in a prison of a comfort zone. Because the purpose that God has for you, the plan that He has for you, the promises that He has for you are always on the other side of your comfort zone. Today, Jesus wants you to know that whatever it is that has you bound, He has already opened the prison door. He has set the captives free. And all you have to do is believe Him, act on His Word, speak His Word, declare His Word over your life, and you can walk in the freedom that He has for you. I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for each and every person who is watching this broadcast today. Father, I thank you that whatever place they find themselves in, whether they feel like they are bound physically, maybe mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, maybe they find themselves in a comfort zone and they're not able to break free and to be all that you have called them to be. Father, I thank you that you have broken off of them limiting beliefs, that you have broken off of them everything that has hindered them, that Jesus, you have already opened that prison door, that we can be free. So on this day that we celebrate freedom, Jesus, we celebrate the freedom that you came and you died to give us. And Jesus, we will not trample down your blood, but we will say we will walk in the freedom that you have given us. And because you have made us free, we can help set others free, that we can lead others to you. So Father, I thank you for every person. I thank you for every family. I thank you, God, that every prison door is open, that every person who has felt bound is broke free. And Father, we decree and we declare that they walk in it and in your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.